Reclaimed Audio, upcycling and making with reclaimed materials. Welcome everybody to Reclaimed Audio. This is episode 19, March 16th, 2016. I want to thank our top Patreon supporters who are Stu Morrison, the godfather Jimmy DeResta, Izzy Swan, Louise Gonzalez, Trustin Timber, and Sean Petty. Tim, how are you doing this week? I'm doing pretty good. And um, now I know this is it's been a long time coming. We've been talking about looking for a replacement for uh, for for Bill Lutz, and we're trying something out. We got a new guy. He's kind of new on the scene that we're going to give a shot in um, in Bill's spot this week. Would you like to introduce yourself, sir? Uh, yeah, my name is Jimmy Deresta, and I just finished cutting the sleeves off my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Hey Jimmy, thank you very much for sitting in with us. Um, for those of you that don't know, Mr. Lutz had a—he uh, was a little under the weather. He had to go to the hospital, and he's back home now. He is feeling better, but it's going to be a few days before he's back. So um, we got the only viable replacement we could think of for him this week. Uh, Mr. Duresta <laughs> is sitting in. And um, can I ask, do we know what was wrong with Bill? I mean, uh, it's some kind of lung thing. I kind of vaguely yeah. got off the internet. Do we know exactly yeah. what happened? Blood clots. In the lungs, but then that his wife Casey, told us that uh, yeah, it's not it's not a joke. But uh, it's his wife and his doctors were not concerned, so that's good enough for me. Yeah, and Bill's the kind of guy that he like gets electrocuted for breakfast and goes out for lunch and then goes back to work. <laughs> this is like kind of a typical day for Bill. So. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, you know, obviously we're concerned and, and we we want him back, but um, we're glad to have you here, Jimmy. And uh, oh, thank, thank you, you very, thank you very me. much for coming. Sure. Absolutely, it's fun. Right on. So, um, so um, I, I don't think we need to bother introducing you to any of our listeners. I'm sure if oh, you don't, make stuff. don't know who this guy is, just just send me an email and I'll I'll fill you in. You have a, you have a YouTube <laughs> thing you're doing, right, Jimmy? That's uh, that's where you're from. YouTube. Yeah, I, I'm from YouTube and the Lower East Side. I make things on YouTube, and I'm just about to crack a half a million subs. So I'm excited about that. It's a big milestone for me. That's a lot yeah, of sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> Would you say it's a lot of sandwiches? Yeah, it is. <laughs> Congratulations! It is. Thank you, thank you. And I had I, I hit another milestone recently. I broke a, a ha- oh five fifty fifty million views on my channel. I'm not getting as many subs as as a lot of guys uh, you know in my league get, but I'm getting a lot of views, which is which is fun. And, uh, that's really where the dolls and cents is. So. Um, I, it's funny. I have a theory. I think people look at me and they go, "Who's this jerk who writes his name on everything?" They watch my stuff, but they won't give me that sub. So that's why I'm always lagging behind a little bit with my sub count. But my views are always climbing, always. So I'm happy. Happy you to know, be considered. You know, I just watched um, the movie uh, Straight Outta Compton the other night, oh, yeah. um, and there's a scene where there's all these people protesting about you know NWA's record, and they and they show the scene where they're all stomping on the CDs. And uh, and so the band is all upset. They're like, "Oh man, they're stomping on our CDs and Easy Egos." Well, you know what? They bought them. Who cares? They can do what they want with them. <laughs> right. So yeah, that's, that's right. You know, the views are the views are moving. So I'm happy for that. But yeah. like I said, I'm about to hit that uh, 500,000 sub mark, and it's a big, big milestone. So thank you for all the support. Whoever's listening that likes me. Cheers. Yeah, what uh, what what collection are you going to show off? Uh, you know, I promised my last 400,000, and a couple people actually pay attention, so they ask me in emails when, when, when. I'm going to try and print on my antique printing press. And now that the spring has sprung, it's uh, going to be better. Because I, I was hoping I'd hit it a little sooner, but if I did, I'd be in the middle of winter. So 
I'm going to do it uh, once now that the spring has sprung because my printing press is outside under my covered porch. Mm-hmm. So now that it'll probably catch a couple of warm days in the next couple of weeks and I'll be able to do it out there. So I've got to make my printing plate. I'm going to do a video where I kind of start from the CNC machine and I go backwards in time and end up at the printing press. So I'll use the CNC machine for my to make my printing plate. Oh, right. Up. Yeah, so it's funny. I'll start with like modern technology and go backwards in time. Yeah, cool. Um, you know, I was I was thinking about getting some stickers made. Just saying. All right. Oh, right on. I'll throw you on the plate. I'll throw you on the plate. Maybe I'll throw a lot of people on the plate because I'm still trying to figure out what the hell to print. I got a, an eight by twelve inch printing plate, and I was planning on just trying to like fill it up with images and stuff. Yeah, it might be uh, fun. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. See how that works out. So that's that's what I'm looking forward to. What's, uh, what's the brand of that press? It's a 1911 made. Chandler cool. and Price Printing Press. Cool. Okay. Uh, I was just going to ask what everybody's working on. Uh, I was, um, all right, I'll, I'll go first real quick. I'm uh, I'm making a, a bar cart right now, which is uh, not super exciting uh, as far as the cart itself is very similar to uh, a lot of other bar carts that have been made. But what was really cool, I just put a picture on Instagram today, is um, I wanted to make some kind of cool wheels. And originally I was going to fabricate some wheels from scratch out of some steel and whatnot. And then I found these two old um, valves, like old water valves. They're about eight and a half, nine inches in diameter. And um, they're just old cast iron, uh, and they just have a really cool look to them. And I polished them, I put them on this cart, and it looks awesome. It's so cool. So um, no video for that one. But, uh, and then I've got some, some, uh, some other stuff I'm working on, like some other little things. And these kind of really cool bowls I'm making a video of uh, that you'll see. And I just did a, a uh, I just cut new letters for my truck. I'm going to be putting a video up of pretty soon. I used the plasma cutter and made metal letters for my truck because the plywood ones I had sort of started peeling apart from the weather. Um, so I got a bunch of little things going on right now, I guess. Sweet. Um, uh, this is ahead. the new guy. Shall I answer? Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm working on, actually, I just, uh, I was hired to redo this kindergarten room, and the first step is the tables. So I made one prototype table, and the and the clients reviewed it, and they changed it around a little bit, which is good because they made it simpler. And so I'm just working on uh, the second version, which I completed today. And uh, I'm actually, uh, I have to start my make video tomorrow, and I have this police barricade that I found in the street. So I'm going to cut up this police barricade and make it into a, a picture frame with like a couple of little secret compartments. It's going to be like a mirror frame. So I found a mirror in the street and the, the, the police barricades, and I swear I took them out of a dumpster. Okay, so I was going to ask. <laughs> you the right podcast, buddy. <laughs> the minute I took them out of the dumpster, I'm like, no one's going to believe me that I didn't just steal these from the park. So <laughs> I, I walked them down the street, and every time I thought I saw what might be a cop car, I just dropped them and waited a minute, and then I picked them up. And it was only like six blocks from the workshop when I stole them a couple, well, found them. <laughs> about two years ago, so they've been sitting and waiting in the basement for about two years. Oh man, that's awesome! So I gotta cut it because I gotta start getting stuff out of my basement. So I'm gonna cut those up and turn them into a mirror frame. That's gonna be a tomorrow job. Uh, you would have loved last week's episode then. Well, what's, remind me what it was about. I might have heard it. Hoarding. So oh, hoarding. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I didn't listen to it yet. Yeah. Oh my God, that's my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For myself, I am um, I'm sort of cleaning up the shop a little bit, and what that meant for me was I looked at my workbench, and I had like four hand planes sitting there, and I was like, okay, that is not the place for it. I need to put these away. So last night, if, if uh, anyone's following me on Instagram, you can see that I started building a, uh, a hand plane sort of wall mount thing, 
and uh, it's made from all reclaimed plywood and stuff. But what it meant was that I was getting it off the workbench and that I could clean up the rest of the shop. So it's really exciting to sort of see see the actual top of the workbench instead of just a stack of tools and stuff. And uh, you know, and, and having a clean, sort of safe shop makes you feel like you can make more stuff and it's inspiring. I don't know. For a little while I was thinking like I'm not really into this, but gradually as I got my wife's car out of the garage, as I started cleaning up, like I'm energized, I'm psyched, I'm I'm down to build whatever now. So so that's good. Um, yesterday I built start to finish three step stools in, including paint and all that stuff. So those all shipped out today and uh I'm going to get another order for a whiskey box tonight. So there's a lot of stuff going on, but it's uh, super exciting. <laughs> Tim's that laughing. Yeah. No, I was um, laughing at uh, Jimmy held up a picture of your step stools while you were talking about them. Oh, really? <laughs> Catch it. Getting up to speed, guys. Yeah. Uh, this is you, what I do on the podcast that I do with my guys. I was like, you, you know this is just audio, right, Jimmy? <laughs> <laughs> um. Just cool to know that I'm on that phone, Mr. Duresta. <laughs> oh my God, this is Tim. This is so cool. Oh, that's the wheels I was just talking about. Yeah. Oh, sweet. Yeah, that is such a great idea. Wow, that's so so cool. Thanks, man. Thanks. Yeah, I just you know I, I kind of cheesed out. I was gonna do a pin. Uh, it's not a high paying job, um, but you know you still do a good job or whatever. But I was gonna do a pin and stuff to make them removable. I ended up just welding them to the uh, the the steel rod that goes through a pipe. That works. It, it works great because they're never gonna come off unless you cut them off. But who's gonna cut them off? I mean. It's great. I love. I love. Thanks, man. I, I'm a sucker for anything with like bent sway spokes. No, no, Tim sway. Uh, pun intended. <laughs> but any kind of sway spokes. Yeah, the, yeah. The the S shape, like those old wrenches. I love those old wrenches that are shaped like that. Yeah. You know. I mean, it's. Just, I don't know why they made them. I guess to fit in certain locations, but they're just so Leverage. cool. What's that? Handles longer but still compact. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. You know. Well, you know that the the spoke on my flywheel on my antique printing press, the spokes are, are curved, and that's all. Anytime you see any kind of like flywheel that has a curved spoke in it, that was obviously the style to make mm. it look like it was moving while it was standing still. But that was all like pre 1940s. So like post 1940s is when they start. Like kind of the mid 30s is is where they start making all spokes straight, just for styling. So if you ever see any flywheels with spokes on them and they're straight, that's like 1940s era. Anything prior to that is like turn of the century to the 30s. You know, that makes sense because that's when the mid-century modern furniture started coming in. It's like post-World War II, everything went straight and angular. Yeah. Uh, whereas before it was like it was still harkening back to the Victorian era where it had the curves to it. Yep. Uh, and yep. the detail. That's interesting. I never thought of that, updating things by that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's. I mean, I learned that from the printing press business because you could always just date which one is which by. They call. I have what's called the old style, which means it's got the the curved spoke wheels, and then the the ornamentation. All of the, the castings have like little bits and pieces of ornamentation throughout them, and then the following, models all just kind of had smooth, just framework. You know, just all cast in the same, configurations, but without any of the ornamentation. Hmm. Cool. Just kind of started like you know smoothing things out. Interesting. Sweet. So, so nobody saw the picture that you held up, but it's it's Tim's uh, bar cart with the flywheels on it, which kind of sort of is a good segue. And since Bill's not here to do it, I guess I'll be the segue oh, guy. You're the segue guy this week. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna so, be the guy that just says stuff like, "Oh, I'm not worthy. Just fire me. I'll be that guy." Oh, you guys! I'm oh. just a dumb one. You're so smart. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, there Hold goes on. my smooth segue. But that bar cart leads into. I the ruined topic. it again. <laughs> Does Bill's arms ever get cold? That's what I want to know. He's in California. He's fine. Yeah, he's always complaining that it's so cold when it was 78. Yeah, meanwhile, meanwhile, our pipes are frozen in our houses. And we're burning our furniture to stay warm. (laughs) I was in California yesterday for a wedding. I I, I left California uh, yesterday evening, and I got back to New York this morning. Wow. Yeah. I mean, the the date we talked about is theoretical, right, in the beginning of the show? Uh, Well, it's the day that it's released. So yeah, let's just say yeah. So this happened in the future. For me, it's Monday. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know what day it is for you guys, but for me, it's, it's Monday. Wednesday. No, it's yes, it's Wednesday right now. So that was a couple <laughs> days ago. How was your trip? <laughs> <laughs> it was great. It was great. I've been Snapchatting. Everyone seems to really like my Snapchats. Oh yeah, so yeah, it's cool. My audience is slowly growing. I'm like All the right. 50-year-old on Snapchat. Uh, I'll check it out. I, I don't use Snapchat because I'm, you know, yeah, my Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I'm an adult. That's what my friend Bobby says. Yeah, because I'm a grown man. Because I'm an adult. Yeah. I, well, I, I have an account for my, because I have a teenage daughter. And uh, and then she stopped communicating with me, <laughs> so I stopped using it. <laughs> That's the only way you can figure out. Get a stoop to her level. Yeah. All right, anyways, we have a we have a podcast we're doing here, right? Oh, yeah, uh, we're doing sorry, that still? Phil. Okay. Yeah, not sorry. <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> In honor of Jimmy, we we are doing something that's super appropriate to our theme, and that is trash to cash. I thought we would talk about um, some of our best, let's say, war stories as far as you know, stuff that we found, stuff that we just picked up and uh, and turned into into real money. So I thought that would be really cool, and uh, generally works well with the reclaim theme. It's so hand in hand, yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. I think I'm going to go first because my segment's probably going to be like really the shortest because I don't have <laughs> as much experience as the two of you, and uh, and I can't really think of that many times that I really like scored big time. A um, couple of things come to mind for me though is the is the uh, the nightmare for me that is my Rubo bench that is still yet unfinished sitting in my garage, um, but all of the wood from it came from a renovation that happened uh, at my office. They they tore down a bunch of section and rebuilt it much larger, but out of it came a whole bunch of like really, really old, really nice two-by-tens. Uh, and so I grabbed all of them, and it was enough to make uh, like a smaller-than-average but still a good-size uh, Rubo bench, so that was good. No money there, but it saved me money, so that's the same thing. Well, no, it is and money because it's a money maker. You know, you're going to make money on the bench, so. Make money, money, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. That's true. But I mean, I would have built this thing and paid for the material anyway, so so I saved money there, and that is top line. So. Is that um, it? That's your uh, story? No, nah, no, nah, I got some more. Uh, oh, your jets, Jimmy. Okay, let me sit here. <laughs> I thought you were pausing. I was going to jump in. No, I was pausing for breath. So I got uh, what else? And then all of my all of my whiskey boxes are made from reclaimed. So each one of those is an individual score. So they're all made from pallet wood and. Reclaim two by fours and reclaim plywood. So those are all right. Okay, that's all. That's all I got. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say that the biggest score in the city here, and it's ongoing, and Tim could attest to this because he's in the northeast with me, is these like three by nine or three by ten floor joists. The mm. first thing they do in any, and Tim, I can imagine you kind of like in like because I know there's little pockets of Connecticut that are sort of old industrial 
brownstone-y kind of buildings, turn-of-the-century brick buildings. Yeah, but nobody's not, they don't knock them down. They just leave them there. Like, it's hard you know, to, you know? <laughs> like oh, it's always... yeah, well, you know what they do in the city? The minute they start to restore a building like that, and they do it quite a bit, they leave the building up if it's going to be a restoration, and the first thing they do is get rid of all the floor joist beams because they're either rickety or bent or old, and also, of course, they're a fire hazard, so they replace them all with, with steel. So they take all the floor joists out. First thing they do is they gut the whole shell, take every floor joist out, and put in steel. And they just literally take those and just throw them right into a dumpster. And sometimes to remove them, because they're usually very long, they're sometimes 25 feet long, they cut them right in half, and then they make them more manageable to pick the garbage. And uh, Dave and I are constantly finding them. Dave, in fact, there's like four or five of them right now in the basement, and they were all cut short, so they're about five feet long. So Dave's got about five pieces, five feet long. And, uh, but it is atypical of what I find in the city all the time. And those get turned into tables. In fact, I just made a tabletop out of a... Dave found a five-by-five five floor or probably wow. a post. Really old, yellow pine. The minute you cut it up, it smells like rich yellow pine. And the grain pattern, it, it, the grain lines are so tight. Like in just a, in a couple inches, you have you could probably count a hundred, at least a hundred grain lines. Wow! Mm. And yeah. that's how it's such old growth wood. And so I cut up this five by it's like five and a quarter by five and a quarter. I cut it up and made five uh, four planks side by side. I made a twenty-two inch wide tabletop that I was able to sell to a client for two hundred bucks. It was a quick glue up, and then I just palm sanded it, and and uh, actually, I I did a. But a long jack plane. I got the whole top smooth with this old jack plane I have, and it was like dead smooth. It came out good with a little bit of palm sanding. It looked like it was, it was really smooth, and but around the edge, it still had the the gray texture of the wood. So the the surface was all clean, but the gray tone of the wood, where I try to keep it as much as possible between the the glue ups, was sort of soaked in. So you could tell it was old growth wood, old reclaimed lumber. Mm. And there was some nail stains in it as well, which is always nice. Yeah, yeah, the iron, the iron kind of bleeds out into the wood, and it gives it that sort of elongated stain, you know, that only time yeah. can do. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's that's one of the biggest scores um, that I could think of right now. But I, I have a couple more brewing. Well, <laughs> you know, it's funny to stay on that sort of theme right now, though. Like sometimes, I mean, there's the fun things, right? Like the like the police barricade things you find. Oh yeah, so, right, right. Right. But then there's like really the like the meat and potatoes of it is what you're talking about. There's just this just everyday waste. You know, these yeah. things that just get thrown away. And like, yeah, I've seen, you know, these beams. I have a few in my shop right now. Um I don't get them quite as frequently as you because uh like the, the, these buildings don't just get rehabbed as much because we have the space where someone just builds a new building, it's easier, you know. Yeah, yeah. A lot of times the stuff just sits. But for me, a big thing that I've been uh, using a lot of, uh, there's two things that, um, along the same line that are easy to get is fences because my neighbor is a fence company. So he's tearing yeah. down. Oh, every, right. every 10 years, a rich guy gets a new fence. And most of them are like the, the kind of curved, scalloped, you know, like pickets, which are not that usable. But every once in a while, he'll get in a, a like, you know, the one by fours, the cedar one by fours. Um, type fence, and it's, I mean, it's just thousands of dollars I can make with that, you know, by just, and, and the fences come apart so easy because there's only two cross members and there's a nail in each one, so they come apart, and I can dismantle, like, you know, a thousand board feet of cedar, you know, the bottoms are rotten, like the bottom six inches, and there's two nail holes in each board, and it takes me, like, you know, like an hour. I just uh -oh. looked at the chest on your, on your Instagram. How did you make those? It seems like you made them in plywood and skinned them. Yeah, those were um, those were actually the the sort of rounded uh, fence posts, and oh, um, they were. 
Yeah, they have a slight, but it was a really slight round, so it was a little more usable. Yeah, that's cool. And um, uh, what I, what you can do with those too is you can flip them upside down. If you run through the planer once, you just get a little bit of flat, you oh, know, yeah. t- to glue. If you build a plywood skin, so basically it's a plywood box that's then veneered with, with cedar. Oh, that's and it, really nice. And it gives it that nice. The inside is. It's not like you're putting your stuff in like some junky, crappy, rotten fence. You have this nice yeah. area, and um, and then the outside has that look. You know, so it's not the most eco-friendly way to go because you're still using your plywood. <laughs> you guys reminded me of a funny story. Um. My brother John and, and my nephew Matt are out in L.A. They're always picking garbage and making stuff out of fence poles. And my brother um, hooked up with a, a rigging company. And the guy had a giant, like, literally, I remember when he had this pile. I made actually made stuff from it when we did the show, Trash to Cash. In my brother's backyard, he had a huge pile of 4x4s. They were 4x4s by, like, 4 feet long. And they used them for rigging if they had to, like, shore up a crane or something. And they had hundreds of them. And they were all beat up. They made, like, perfect table legs. So my brother grabbed them all. And while the pile sat there, the pile got infested with (laughs) termites. Mm. And my brother sort of ignored it, and he made a bunch of tables that was infested with termites. So (laughs) (laughs) if you ever have him or Matt on, they could give you the more of the details. But I know that... My brother had to go and retrieve a couple tables and like replace them with ones that did not have termites in them because they're like, uh, "This termites like falling out of the table you brought here." Oh no! Uh, <laughs> what a nightmare! Yeah, he, he said he like banged on the wood until all the bugs fell out, and he just kept making them, and then eventually they would resurface wherever the table was. <laughs> one of, one of my neighbors had a tree come down, and so I cut it up for firewood, and uh, and I was like, as I'm kind of going through it just the other day. I kind of get near the bottom of it, and I'd already put it in my truck. I just cut it in sections, brought it to the shop. I'm axing it up down and stuff, you know. And um, and I go to I'm cutting into one, I, and just boom, thousands of friggin' termites come out of the bottom of this thing. And unfortunately, I'm outside my shop, so that's where it's oh, still. Wow. You know, this big black, and um, and I was just like, I just brought like all this wood into my shop. It's like in the corner. Oh wow. So uh, I'm not too concerned. Because it's like kind of far away from where my my stock is, and like because termites they don't really do well out in the daylight, you know. Yeah. But um, I don't think they travel too well. But yeah, it was kind of like I think the stuff that I have in my shop is okay because I split it all and stuff. But there's a whole bunch of it I didn't bring in. <laughs> you want to hear another crazy bug story? You just reminded myself of that what you were saying. So this is a couple springs ago. It's, you know, spring cleanup up at the house, and we needed to put shelves in the in the washroom. So I knew I had some lumber up in the eaves of the garage. So I'm standing on a ladder, a big A-frame ladder, and I'm and the eave of my garage or my little workshop upstate, the eave opens up from the outside. It's whoever built it before me left it so you could stow things directly into it. So I, I climbed on the ladder, and I'm pulling out long boards, and I'm pulling them out and I'm throwing them over my shoulder so they fly into the lawn. And I'm pulling them, one of the last ones I'm pulling out, and I'm pulling it. As I'm pulling it over my head, I'm like, oh, wow, look at all those black things. I wonder what those are. And as I pull it across my face, it's thousands of carpenter ants. And they they shower all over my face and my body. And I screamed, and I, like, reacted in disgust, and I flipped backwards off the top of the ladder. And I almost, I landed flat on my back six feet below. I mean, I could have easily killed myself. But I just, I was like pulling out this board and I looked up and I'm like, wow, I wonder what all that black stuff is. I thought it was mold, like trapped between the two boards. Oh but I God. broke into the, I broke into the black ant nest between two boards that had been oh. sitting for like three seasons. And they all fell on me. They were in my shirt. I was freaking out. And the first thing I did was, okay, I'm not dead. I landed flat on my back. And then I just started like shaking my shirt out. It was, 
though. That was such oh. skeevy, creepy I think that's scene. gasoline and fire time right there. That's what I would have done. Oh, man. That's like Indiana Jones bugs. Like, oh. Yeah. oh, yeah. It was just like it was like thick black grapes, like mini grapes. I'm like, what the hell is that? As I'm looking at it, and they start falling into my face. You know, now that you mentioned that's what was coming out of the tree I was splitting. It was the ants. It wasn't the termites because they're big and just yeah. yucky. Yeah. <sighs> that was fun. Can we but pause you know this for they... a minute to go take a shower and then <laughs> resume the podcast? You know what it did, yeah, though? Yeah, I'm totally creeped out. <laughs> what it did, though, between the two, because it made a nest. These, this nest of, of black carpenter ants made a made like a colony between two boards and they they literally ate out all the grain that that was soft so it looked like it was weather blasted or sand blasted so they could only eat whatever the pulp that was soft not necessarily so the grain was all raised it looked beautiful the boards they were really nice they were like channels but only wherever the grain was you know, hmm. between the grain lines. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. It looks like a little map almost or something. Yeah, they, they, yeah. they ate out all the grain lines in between, like, you know, this, like, four or five section foot section where they were all nesting. Were you seeing the... the silver linings there, Jimmy, because that yeah. was... <laughs> I know. From the... yeah. I was <laughs> paralyzed for a beautiful piece of wood. <laughs> God. <laughs> you know what? Uh, just going back to your fence story there, uh, Tim, that yeah. I... one more score that I had is probably my last one ever, but... Um, I did find somebody had replaced out their their entire fence and they put on the curb all their old fence boards. As I was driving home, I was like, oh, you know what, let me grab a few of these. So I grabbed a few, I brought them home, and then I checked them out, and then I went back for the rest. But then I land up turning it into, um, I don't know if you guys know, but what I do for a living is also um, we're in the art business, so we mm. do, uh, we do all, all kinds of original art. We have a studio, there's... 10, 15 artists at any given time making original art in the studio that's then sent off to China to get mass-produced, but all the content is uh, is original for us. Anyway, so one of our artists works in, in reclaimed wood quite a bit, and she doesn't actually know how to do it. She, she paints on the wood, but all the substrate someone else has to do. So we did a little collaboration where it was all these tiny, not tiny, but let's say six by nine inch houses of all different styles, and that got turned into one big piece. Anyways... So those fence boards happens to be at like at a great, uh, you know, uh, serendipitous time, and I was able to make all of the, like twelve or fifteen of these over the course of a weekend, and then she painted when I got back. Long story short, I got paid five hundred bucks for that work. Oh, that was a score. Yeah, that's but it was exactly like how it works. Sixteen or eighteen hours worth of work. It was intense. Yeah, that's cool. You know, I, I just mean... thought of one. I just thought of another good trash pick. There I go. <laughs> when I first started my shop that I'm in now. I was I was coming out of a different career. I was always making prototypes. I was never I was not necessarily making big wooden things, which is obviously what I do now. So I did that for myself. I made like a workbench for my shop. I made shelves. But now I'm actually soliciting clients. I'm doing stuff for restaurants. This is like 2004, and an, a local artist. This is a Phil. You mentioned artist, which made me think of the story. My my friend Kemba is a performance artist, and occasionally she asked me to make these crazy props. And one of them was uh, the shark that you see on the front of the Jaws poster. So it was like mm -hmm. that. It was it was a big phallic shark, and the mouth was open so that she could lay in it. And she asked me to do this job, and and at the time I was like totally picking the garbage for any scrap of wood because I did not want to spend a dime. I was on a shoestring budget. I was kind of recovering from one bad career, now just trying to develop something different. And the neighbors across the street just threw out a bed frame. So I was like, okay, that whole entire bed frame is going to become this shark. And I took that bed frame, and with a jigsaw, I cut it up, and I made this like network of frames, like circles, and then 
cut the bed pallets of the bed into strips and made it so it was like a big like I said like kind of a phallic shape built the mouth out of it, the bed was made out of three quarter inch pine and a piece of plywood for the bottom of the bed it was like a what you might call like a captain's bed with drawers underneath it so I was able to use the drawers and everything and I literally transformed almost every single piece of this wood into this big six foot shark and then wrapped it with foam rubber and vinyl and then she was able to lay in it and she used that she used that as her uh, some performance art thing, and I ended up making her like four more of those. And now fast forward to like five years later, and I'm driving around the Lower East Side, and there's one right on the corner, next to a garbage can. One of the ones <laughs> I made. <laughs> Did you upcycle it, man? <laughs> I looked at it, and I was like, God, I should take that, only because I know the history of it. Yeah. And uh, I just it, it was one of those moments where you know you got to pick the garbage, but you just can't because you're like on the way someplace, and you're like, if it's yes. there when I get back, I'll take it. And of course, it was gone. Never. In there, for sure. It, was, it yeah. had been damaged, and she had ended up painting it. So it was like vinyl brush painted red. It was really bizarre looking. <laughs> yep. So that was, a, I remember the time I transformed an entire captain's bed. I, is that right? The, the bed with drawers underneath it. Yeah, it's like a shark frame. Bed. Yeah, into, a, into this shark frame. So That's a, It's appropriate. It was the captain's bed. So. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Sticking with oh, the theme. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's very nautical. Yeah, uh, I was just talking, uh, Jimmy, with your your um, podcast partner David uh, Pachuto today, or not talking, but texting with him. Um, he posted a video he he uh, this morning, I think, or last night, uh, called "Mantiquing," where he went to an antique store and he found this clock that I guess he's going to do in future videos. He put it like part one of ten. I don't know if he's being facetious or not with that. Oh, but, I got to uh, take it out. But uh, so he goes and he finds this like a four dollar. And by the way, I love those types of clocks, and I have one in my shop because my wife made me get rid of it because it makes noise. And um, you know, like having the analog, the old analog plug-in clocks from the seventies. But um, so he found one of these clocks, and and he's gonna make a new box for it or something. But um, in the video, he shows uh, uh the old seventies, sixties, seventies like hair dryer chair with the big plastic thing that goes over your head and dries your hair. And and uh, and I and he he pointed he pointed his camera and he's like, that thing is so cool, I love it. And I picked one of those up off the curb once, about three years ago, and it's like among my first couple of videos I ever posted were uh, about this chair. I made a, a lamp out of the mechanism that was the hair dryer, so where the part as it goes over your head had lights in it, and you could telescope up and down for the different heights of people. And then the back where the the motor was and the or the heat element was, I removed all that and I put some some LED green lights, not LED. Um, uh, CFL, CFL green lights in there, and uh, and, and so you could put your whiskey bottle in it to like just fit a bottle, and, yeah. then, and I put on wheels and stuff. And then with the chair itself, I I put a, a subwoofer under the butt, and I put two speakers on the back, and I made it an iPod dock. Uh, so <laughs> that was Sweet. one of my favorite like, and I, I never actually sold these things <laughs> because the chair was too cool to sell, and then the lamp nobody wanted, of course, because it was a stupid lamp made out of a hair dryer. But uh, <laughs> but you can watch those old videos. And uh, it, but it, as far as like for me, I mean, those things are both priceless, and uh, and that was a complete. It was on the side of the road, and my 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 daughter, who was you know a few years younger at the time, saw it, and she was like, "You should grab that," and I was like, "Yeah, we should." And so she still has the chair with the, the 150 watt sound system in it in her room and uh, uses it. So that's so my. That, that is a score, 100. It was absolutely a score. I love that thing. And then it, you know, just recently the cable broke. We bring it outside sometimes. She'd have some some parties outside and have a bonfire, and I would have to carry this chair outside and it just fits <laughs> through the doorway and and uh, and I guess the wire got broken and I, and so I'm going through the whole thing and I realized finally it was just the end on the wire. So I was able to replace that on eBay. I, 
down the, the model and stuff, and, and now it works again, so I'm very happy that it still works. I love that thing, man. It's so cool. It's like one of those 80s ghetto blasters that's like two stories tall. Yeah, but you sit in it. <laughs> but it's a chair. <laughs> but it's a chair, so it's comfortable. Right. <laughs> it's one of my favorite builds, man. It's one of my first builds, too, like really, like, like when I just sort of started doing this stuff full, like for like a living and selling and stuff. That's amazing. That's a trophy. That's what that is. Yeah. You see those on the street in the city from time to time, and uh, I took one off the street once, these beehive hairdo dryer things. Yeah. yeah. It definitely was from the 1950s. It was in really good shape, and I didn't want to destroy it because it was in such perfect shape, but I kept it in my workshop when I had a different shop for about six years, five years, and then when we cleaned up, I just put it right back on the street. I never <laughs> converted it. I, was, I, I couldn't bring myself to take it apart because it was still in really good working order. Well, that's but you used it as a hair dryer. I gave it back right? to the street. That's I used a, to use it yeah, all the time. That's a good story for last week's episode on hoarding. <laughs> that's right. You just time delayed it. Yeah. But, well, that was the same thing with this chair. I mean, it was like... I hoard everything. All the, all the vinyl and stuff was in good shape, and the, uh, the, but the heating element didn't work. So I wasn't concerned. So that whole box just comes out. It's like four screws that holds it in the chair. But that the, the vinyl on the chair is perfect. So it was just like it kind of smelled a little. So I painted the whole all the inside wood surfaces. I painted with kills. And uh, that helped. That helped get the smell down. And then we just sort of left it around because for a while Maddie was like I don't I don't want it in my room it smells and I was like ah, it won't smell in six months don't worry <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't smell anymore it's part of being an adult yeah smells <laughs> understanding smells. that there are some smells you can't get rid of well yep. said Jimmy <laughs> <laughs> it's part of it's part of upcycling yeah. it is that's true too. yeah sometimes you can't so are carpenter ants so are carpenter ants that's right <laughs> okay, unless anyone has any other uh, awesome stories, I would I would say we should check out what we're watching. Right on. Okay, um, so Tim, who are you watching? Who am I watching? Well, I have to mention, uh, you know, I'm, I, I mentioned uh, uh, David Picciuto. I was watching that. Um, there's there's this this new up and comer named um, uh, Jimmy something. I don't remember his last name. He should put his last name somewhere so I could see it and remember it. But he's made a couple cool videos this week. You might want to check out, including. Yeah, I'm now I'm now the sign channel. That's what everyone's telling me. Well, you know, it's funny because the last all video. I do is signs. Ah, that's all that guy does is signs. Unsubscribe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The um the the last sign you made the 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 green light one. Um, uh huh. Uh, I was it was interesting for me because I was I was thinking about it as I watched you because I know your history about how you started out as a, like a young man making, or a kid making letters, and then as a young man making signs, and I, and I was watching you fire up that fancy computer printing, printed machine, you know, and with this really kind of cool, slick material, and I was wondering, because what was going through my head was like, did that 17-year-old kid in the sign shop ever see this day coming when he was 17? Like, I was kind of curious about your thoughts on that. Oh, that's a good question. You know, I tell you, I, I've said this before in the past, but when it came to the CNC machine, I resisted at every turn. I just like I'm like I'm a whiz on the bandsaw. I have enough experience. I'll never need that machine. I resisted it at every turn. But then I went to one make affair, then a second, then a third, then a fourth, and every make affair. I was looking at that thing secretly denying it, secretly saying I know I should get into it, but I just couldn't overcome the, my fear of the learning the software. Mm. I was afraid I wasn't going to be able to figure it out. But then when I see this little kid making, he was making the, the, uh, the telephone booth for Doctor Who. 
I think to myself, this kid, this 10-year-old kid is making this thing. He's breezing through the software. Mm. I, there's nothing I can't learn if I just focus on it. And so that's why I plopped down the money and I bought that machine. I was like, if the very least, it'll be an education. So if I break it, destroy it, at least I'll learn something. But it's been, it's really changed the, a lot for me having that machine because from time to time you need things to be print perfect and, and nowadays a lot of people are able to offer that. You know, it, that's that, that's somewhat inspirational what you said because I, I sort of want to fight that too because the reason I make is I like working with my hands and I don't yeah. want to sit on the computer all day. Yeah. But but I understand the value of that and I understand that there's if there's two people, like there are jobs that come up that I look at that I want to bid on. I'm like, I can't do that job because I can't make it to that quality that those people expect. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, as an upcyclist and, and a reclaim guy, you know, it's like first it was like when I started doing this stuff, it's like, oh, it's okay. I don't have to know how to cut straight because it's reclaim, man. It's cool, you know. But the more you work, the better you want your work to be. And yeah. I still, I'm still very, um, very set on on working primarily exclusively with reclaimed and upcycled materials. But I see the potential to to make it. It doesn't have to be rustic, and it can be better. You know? By the way, that sign was made with leftover materials. The whole sign, except for, of course the lights, which is made by green light. Yeah. But the, my buddy who just started hanging out in my shop, you know, from time to time my, my shop cycles out with new people, and my buddy Luke started hanging around the shop. He lives in the neighborhood, and he owns a company called Radar, which you can check out. It's a really fancy, high fancy company. That he makes sliding door petitions for lofts and businesses in the city. Mm -hmm. But he, he always he deals in 5 by 10 foot sheets of, of plexiglass. And a lot of times he always ends up with like 20 inch cutoffs, 30 inch cutoffs. And he says they just pile up at their factory. He says there's absolutely nothing they can do with them. So right now what he's trying to do is develop a new business, a new product line, primarily lamps, so that he could offer lamps made with the leftover cutoffs. Because he says they just sit there. He can't throw them away. Yep. So those pieces of plexi that I ended up using in, the, in that video was scrap that he had brought to the shop and said, use whatever you want. I have tons of this. So... That was what I used for the sign face. And then the cutoffs around the outside wood are leftovers from the kindergarten tables that I'm making. Nice. So I was able to like recycle stuff in the shop. And it all looks like brand new material, but you know, they're all leftover cutoffs that are no longer usable for the projects at hand. Yeah, you know, I, I made friends with a sign shop that's uh it's about a mile down the road from my house. Um they throw away that type of material too. I, I haven't had any good scores of that nice thick stuff, but I have actually I have a piece of the um of that that's about a Maybe a half inch thick, maybe a little less. I have a pretty big piece of it, and uh, mm -hmm. I just. But I don't have a, a CNC, so I'm cutting it by hand. It's gonna crack, you know. There's like. Well, you want to hear something too. funny too? This is another thing I left out of the video. I leave a lot of things sometimes out of the video just for speed, and because I don't want to have to do a voiceover to explain it. Mm -hmm. So I just, you know, it's cleaner if I leave it out. But I started that whole sign, all those letters by hand, because I just came off of the fedora sign that I made, the bass guitar sign. Yep. the guitar with the butterfly. I was like, I hand cut all that. Let me hand cut all these because it'll make another interesting video. People won't complain about watching the CNC. But then I was halfway through the letters and they're so small. Some of the letters were literally like, uh, you know, a little bit bigger than you know a fifty cent piece. So I was having a hard time keeping them perfectly clean cut. Mm. And the logos are just so perfectly clean, and you know, there's no curves in them. They're all clean, straight lines. And because it's clean and it's green, and the logo looks sharp and clean. I was literally halfway through cutting the letters, and I was like, you know what? This deserves to be CNC'd. So I hunkered down, opened up the computer, laid out, did the layout, which was to, to fit on the 18 by 24. And I was like, you know what? Let me take a completely different approach to this video. Let me make it about some CNC tips. And that's what I tried to do. 
Mm. And, uh, you know, some people look at it and they're like, oh, another CNC video. My grandma could do this. I actually argued with somebody. I'm like, your grandma can't do this because there's a lot of things you need to know to run a CNC machine. And then he was like, oh, yeah, my grandma is actually, middle name is CNC and she invented it. <laughs> <laughs> he actually apologized. Uh, you know, he was, uh, I was able to turn him around. He's like, these people, you know, we all know what it's like when you, when you read comments. People just offhandedly go, oh. You know, this isn't. He basically came off like this isn't. This channel isn't what it used to be. It used to make real clever, cool things, and I'm like, why? I have three sign jobs in a row now. All I am is the guy that makes signs. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna live for another 20 years. I'll probably make a couple things that aren't sign related in the next 20 years. So no. Stick with me. <laughs> I don't. I, honestly, I don't understand these guys. Like, what is the problem? Like, this is free content. No one's gluing your eyes open and forcing you to stare at the screen. If you don't want to watch it, don't watch it. Yeah. yeah. I know. It drives so me many, crazy. There's so many TV shows I don't want to watch, so I don't. Yeah. <laughs> That's the way that works. There's like hundreds my, of them. My <laughs> criteria always is, though, I'm like, is, did I show some interesting new techniques that I never really highlighted in another video? And, you know, when I go through it, I always there's always something that I can't imagine I'm going to do until I'm just about to do it. And I'm like, Oh, this would be a good opportunity to, you know, show what the profiles of all these sides of the sign are going to look like with the back notch and then the front notch for the plexiglass. And uh, what's the best way to make this box? Oh, you know what? Let me bevel each corner and use a, uh, a, 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 a domino jig. You know, these things come up right as I'm about to do them. It's not easy for me to foresee them. Mm. So that's why I went into this. Uh, I took a new approach to that particular video instead of using the bandsaw, and th and then I got some compliments from you know experienced CNC guys that like the way I do some things. Sweet. So you know, it ended up being a good video. Yeah, and it's um you know yeah if that was if your next thirty videos were you using plexiglass and cutting out in the CNC and making the same box and putting the same lights in it, then people would have a valid complaint. You know, but um, yeah. You know, it's that's one of the things I do like about your channel is that every video of yours I've ever watched, I've learned something. Um, oh, thank you. That's you know, and and I I take like for instance the the whiskey card I'm working on right now, um, the the guy whose hat you're wearing, Paul Mayette, he he put on. <laughs> by the way, while we're doing this podcast, uh, Jimmy Duress is wearing a hat that does not say Duress; it says Mayette, Paul Mayette. So go check out his channel. You know, <laughs> Paul. Paul was like, uh, "Is there going to be a video for this cart?" And I said, "No," because that when I was making it, I knew there was going to be nothing that I felt I could like teach anyone. It was all very basic welding and very basic, you know, like woodworking. Um, so I told him in the comment, like, "Just go watch Duress's video of the cart he made it last year." You know, because <laughs> it's like it's almost the same thing, you know. And I, so I've been trying to do that too. That's something I learned from kind of watching you and some of the other, the other bigger, you know, channels and the and. And whatnot is that? What's the point of this video? Am I just am I just making a video of what I'm working on right now, or am I making a video that is something new and unique? Like the um, yeah. like the the recent video I put up was the the bass guitar I made out of a hollow core door. Um, yeah. I mean the, the the guitar itself is nothing super exciting, but the fact that it's a hollow core door, it's that's one of those things that everybody just throws away and nobody cares about. And so that sort of sticks true with my channel and my message. And and, yeah. and I apparently lit a few fires. I've had a lot of really great comments on it. People saying, "Wow, that's I'm going to look twice at hollow core doors now." You know, and that's so that's you know yep. the same thing. It's like now if I made seven more guitars at hollow core doors, I wouldn't blame people for complaining. Unsubscribe. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, another another <laughs> Holocore door guitar. Oh, this one's flying V. Woohoo! <laughs> um, another Holocore door video. Yeah, just another one. Um, you know, you want to talk? Uh, Jimmy mentioned the uh, the friend of his, uh, Raydor, who does who's trying to start up a business essentially with the leftovers of another business. 
my favorite story that's like that, and it's not really reclaimed anything, it's just a factoid, but um, Ocean Spray. You know how they, they make uh, cranberry juice? Mm-hmm. They, turned, they turned the byproduct of making cranberry juice, which is all these dried up husks of cranberries, into a product called Craisins, and people just buy it and eat it now, but that was all throwaway byproduct, but it turned into a, a whole other business and industry, and people put it in salads and eat it like raisins now, so I thought that was like brilliant, and if I ever could come up with something like that, I would. No, that's awesome, because that, that sticks with the mantra of what we're all about on this podcast, and, and you know, and what I'm all about and stuff, of, of finding uses for things that people consider to be useless. I love that. Sure, so Ocean Spray people, if you're listening, yeah, you could sponsor the show. Yeah, we would we would consider that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyways, fifteen minutes ago, you asked me what I was watching. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you, um, this is a shameless plug for myself in some ways because I wanted to mention my my good friend Dominic Bender and his his uh, channel and um, he's he was really cool about Dominic's channel. Dominic has this kind of weird I don't want to say weird, but he has this, this kind of funny sense of humor. Uh, he's very witty. And he's uh, German, so English is his second language. So I imagine if you speak German, he's probably even more witty in um, in German. But uh, I'm not sure about that because <laughs> I don't speak German. His most recent video is called the Swaysicle, and he made a sickle out of a bunch of old nuts and bolts and screws he had laying around in honor of my hammer made of nails that you guys can see over my shoulder there. Oh, yeah. Uh, and that hammer- <laughs> And that hammer made of nails is going to a, a lucky winner sometime soon. As soon as we announce the winner of that contest, uh, I have to talk to Keith about that. We got to make that happen, and uh, and and finish judging. And David, your 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 buddy David Welder there is the third judge in that contest. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. So, because um, uh, Keith Decent made a a little contest of like an upcycling contest, uh, but so it was kind of the timing of that was pretty cool. Um, Dominic did his own version of that, and then you know the contest ended around the same time. So it's all about the hammer made of nails slash swaysicle on Dominic Bender's channel, and that's who I'm watching, and that's my story. I'm sticking to it. Who's next? <laughs> Jimmy, who are you watching? Uh, it's funny. Today I, I found, I didn't realize, and this isn't a pitch. It is actually an interesting uh, discovery I made that Saw Stop has its own YouTube channel, and you know, most of these YouTube channels by these big brands are really boring to watch. And... Uh, I'm not going to say they're the most dynamic videos, but there's a whole series of table saw tips. And there's a, they hired a guy to do these videos of table saw tips. And I actually learned a couple things that I didn't already know when I, you know, I watched these videos with an open mind. And uh, it's this guy on the Saw Stop channel just doing saw stop, uh, saw, table saw tips. And uh, like I said, there's definitely a few things to learn there. So, hmm. Saw Stop channel. I mean, more than I learned in your table saw tips video? There's like new stuff yeah. even more? <laughs> Actually, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I never like to think that I know everything because then you sound like an idiot and you, and you look like an idiot because somebody teaches you something that you just never heard of. Mm-hmm. And so whenever I see, it's not my, my pace. The videos are really super slow, so I'm not going to lie. I jumped through a little bit until I saw something interesting. But I did watch about five of those videos this morning just out of curiosity. Hmm. So. Oh, cool. I'll check it out because I yeah, definitely absolutely. have a lot to learn, so... So do I. Yeah. I barely know how to use the thing. Oh, by the way, Tim, uh, you know, I'm, this is an official announcement to the world. I'm giving you my old table saw. I know we talked about it. Oh, it's, uh, it's official now. <laughs> now it's yeah, official. I can't back out. Now you have to. <laughs> I'm giving it to you. So me and Dave are going to drive up. We're going to uh, come visit you. Maybe not this weekend, but probably the weekend after, maybe. We'll see. Nice. Maybe a weekday, I'll tell you. We'll, we'll make a schedule, and we'll drive up and hang out. 
Hey, my, my boss is cool, man. He'll he'll make me available. You know. <laughs> yeah, I um I was part of the part of the the impetus for my my shop rebuild was uh, I knew that the way my shop was set up, if I had a permanent table saw, I wouldn't be able to use it, and I needed to change my table configuration. Right. So um. Uh, you know, and uh, but then I'm like, you know, I'm like, well, that was, you know, I'm hanging out with Jimmy. He's telling me he's gonna be his table saw, which is kind of like, uh, it's kind of like, you know, Jimmy Page being like, oh, you want my guitar? You know, <laughs> so it's kind of like crazy to even think about. But I'm like, well, just in case it really happens, I'm gonna have my shop ready to put this damn thing in here. No, so, well, you uh, came, you came at a good, you you just happened to visit my shop at a good time, and timing's everything. And I would hate to have to, because I know me, I'm gonna store it upstate. And it's just gonna sit in storage, and no one's ever gonna use it. I'd rather you have it. It ends up in the community, and it stays on camera. And uh, you know, hopefully, I could bring you some good luck to it. With oh, it, uh, yeah. Don't cut um, your pinky off. It, it it's got one body on it, so be careful. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm definitely uh, <laughs> I'm definitely gonna use that thing with reverence and uh, and, push, and, and push sticks that also have your name all over them. Just <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't get mad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, uh, I'm hoping to someday either save up enough money or have SawStop care enough about me <laughs> to to give me a SawStop because I would like to get Vance on the table saw, but there's just no way in hell I'm gonna have him anywhere near that thing, you know, until I have a SawStop type technology. Yeah, um, it's funny because Taylor used to use that saw, my girlfriend, and and it would make me very nervous because you know the kickback on that is is fierce, and mm. uh. So whenever she was cutting something, I was always extremely nervous. I'd let it be because that's how she learns. But now when she uses the saw stop, I don't even look back. I'm like, oh, she's using the saw stop. Nothing's going to happen. You know, it's funny. I had, uh, you know, Trust in Timber uh, was in my shop uh, oh, yeah. a couple weeks ago. He came into the studio. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. You, got the, you got the first Vance Maker sticker yep. um, that, outside of the family, you know. And uh, – <laughs> So he, you know, we, we did this video we're working on. It's going to be coming out pretty soon uh, about this this challenge that he wants to do, and it's a really great idea. So everybody's going to love it. Um, but so we were doing it, and you know, we you know we're shooting some shots of some you know making shots, and uh, I was using my table saw, and he was like, save some for me. So then he put the camera on, so he could do a couple. And you know, and here's a a grown man woodworker in my shop using my table saw, and I was a nervous friggin' wreck having someone else use my table saw. Yeah. You know, it's it's and he, and he's like, I mean, it's not even like my girlfriend. It's just this guy, you know, I know from the <laughs> internet. You know, <laughs> you're still like a nervous wreck watching someone use a table saw. Yeah. Yeah. It is. I, you know, it's funny because I I never have that feeling when Dave's using it, but you know, there are a couple people in my shop, like my my buddy Charlie, who just moved to California. In fact, now he's working at a mat shop. My my nephew Matt, but my buddy Charlie, you know, he started learning how to use the table saw around me. But you know, for the first couple of months there, I was every time I heard him go near it, I was just like, "Oh my God, I hope this isn't a problem." Mm, yeah, you know, it's a, it's a scary, it's a scary machine, and I did get bit by it once as well, uh, not as bad as you, but I I picked up a couple stitches and it really really sucked, and yeah, I was very scary. and I was it's because I was using it improperly and I was being an idiot, and uh, and I'm just lucky that I that I you know didn't do worse, and and I think about it every time I turn the thing on. <laughs> I'm showing you my crooked pinky. It looks like a shrimp. <laughs> the impact, right? And I'm pointing at it with my other finger that I cut off on glass. Yeah. So look at my, my scar and then my crummy little pointer finger. <laughs> Let me just Pretty take mad. a screen grab of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we, we have our channel art. <laughs> Anyways, finger. I'll play the part of Bill Lutz tonight and say, "Oh yeah, thanks for remembering me, guys. I have uh, I have some people that I'm watching too." 
Oh, hey, Phil. Sorry, oh, yeah. man. Oh, Jimmy yeah. and I went on memory lane over here. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, War but... stories. The sergeant and the general. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm probably. also continuing the theme of Bill Lutz. Is, yeah. uh, I'm going to do two, because that's what he always does. But mm. somebody that I've been watching for a long time, and, and um, I applaud the way that he teaches, similar to uh, Jimmy, who, who's a teacher. But John Peters uh, is really good at walking you through his process and, and the way he thinks and doing things correctly, and it's really, um, it's really great to watch his channel and, and walk through projects with him. I feel like I'm always learning, and he always seems like he'd be such a great, I don't know, parent and teacher. He's so patient and stuff. Anyways, John Peters, he does uh, woodworking, and he also does art. He's really, really great. And uh, the other one that I want to throw a shout-out to, because I got one of his stickers yesterday, is uh, my buddy Pat LaPerriere, who's uh, maybe an hour or so away from me. So it's really cool. Uh, he's uh, Le Picbois, which means uh, woodpecker in French. And uh, there's not too many makers in my community, like like YouTube, whatever guys like us. So uh, it's always cool to know one, and you know we speak in French when we can, so it's all, always a lot of fun. So, Pat, uh, got up there. What's, what's that? that? It's a secret language you guys have up there. <laughs> yes, it's called French. Yeah, <laughs> not really a secret. secret. <laughs> it's a new one. It's been. A, it's, it's why didn't Why didn't we? We had the American Revolution. We've had a couple of things. Like, why didn't we end up speaking French or some other cool language here in America? Well, funny thing about that, a lot of the names that you use in the states are French. Like Vermont is French. It means Green Mountain. You know, like there's all kinds of stuff that's embedded in English that you guys probably don't even know about that are French. And I always laugh whenever Cadillac? I talk to the states. I'm like. French, French, French. <laughs> Cadillac is French word, isn't it? I think it was some dude's name. I don't know. Cadillac. Yeah, I think it was. It was. I. I. I might French. be wrong. I, there's a French guy that settled in some town called the Cadillac, and that's partly where the, the car came from. Oh, I, I just have to say because your your channel recommendation of Pat, I just have to say unsubscribe. Yeah. That's oh, that's true. It's a word I just made up. I'm not sure how to say unsubscribe in French. It's not it's not a word usually said, I don't think. <laughs> it's probably just an American word, right? Probably it's pro who started saying that stuff? It was him who started that, yeah, eh? Yeah. Oh yeah, it was him and him and Paul Jackman. They have this Oh that's this right. Bro yeah. relationship. Guys, unsubscribe, I've got too many viewers. Is that the way that word? I don't know. They just say, Anyways. Hey, unsubscribe. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> unsubscribe. I don't I don't subscribe to either of those channels personally, so <laughs> I subscribe to both. They're awesome dudes. I don't care what you guys say. Yeah, yeah. If you know, if uh, Paul Jackman would start paying me the rent he owes me for the real estate he has on my bandsaw, ah. <laughs> guy has go. more stickers on my bandsaw than than anybody. That's true. He does like five revisions of these stickers a week. I do have probably ten or twelve of them. <laughs> I just keep putting the newest right one on top of the ad. Yeah, Paul. Yeah, Paul lives uh, somewhere near me. He's in. Uh, he's outside Boston. He is in Mass. He visited my shop once. Uh, very nice young man. He's uh, a, 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 like a fantastic maker. He's a fantastic person. Uh, now, Pat, on the other hand, I know nothing about. I don't think he's a very good person. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> no, no Pat. In case Pat's sarcasm a, doesn't translate into French, yeah. Pat, he's just joking. He's, no, Pat's Pat is a, also a really super nice guy. He made a he made this little graphic for Vance that I used a couple times, and uh, he's just like the super super nice guy, very giving. You know, just like everybody else in this community too. Though I mean, it's not really a surprise anymore how how kind and and, and giving everyone is in this community, like including Mr. Deresta, who we just called an hour ago to ask him to do this podcast. 
and he said okay and came home and did it with us. Like, thank you. You know, we appreciate it. Oh, cool, man. No, it was fun. I'm always happy to be involved. And did I mention he's giving me a table saw? (laughs) (laughs) A good day to be Tim Sway. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Okay, let's not take up any more time here. Let's uh, bust out the channels. Instagram, Twitter, at Phil Pinsky, Jake and Emmy's Dead on YouTube. Tim, you are? Um, Oh, I'm Tim. But I just have to say, because someone has to say since Bill Lutz isn't here, what's a Duresta? (laughs) (laughs) He'll enjoy that. I got, I just coming off my, my, I had a a bad infection of the Lutz. (laughs) I had a bad, uh. course of uh, penicillin for that. Yeah. It is, you know. I'm joking. I'm, I'm joking, but I, I'm joking by calling it the loose. But I just, I'm coming off of a of a flu. I def, that's why Welder's been out of commission too. He's uh, he's had the flu. I had it. Taylor got it. We were just oh. in, at the wedding together, just kind of coming off of it. Everyone seems to be getting sick, so I got mm-hmm. the loots. And Lutz has got the loots. Yeah, Lutz has the loots. <laughs> the loots. <laughs> Jimmy, but, you want to plug your stuff? Oh yeah, you can find me at Jimmy Duresta. Dot com and then on YouTube, just Google Teresta, and then uh, just Google. I tell everybody the best website of me is Google, so just Google my name. Yeah. Um, hit us up on uh, on Twitter at Reclaimed Audio if you have any show topics, suggestions, comments, questions. Otherwise, it's info at reclaimedaudiopodcast.com. Leave us a review on iTunes; it really, really helps, and we really appreciate it. And uh, Patreon.com/slash/ReclaimedAudio. We'd really su- appreciate your support. Uh, it goes a long way in getting huge guests like uh, Jimmy DeResta. This guy's not cheap, and he's not free. And it's, <laughs> we need your help, guys. Come on. The, the, the funny thing is he's paying for himself. Yeah. <laughs> you guys left me this in the green room, a bag of uh, chips. Thanks. You said only green M&Ms. You know how long it took to get that together? What happened to the rest of them? I hope we can recycle them. <laughs> I reclaimed them. Yeah, we reclaimed them. <laughs> Uh, our next, our next guest wants blue ones, so we got lucky there. <laughs> yeah, they don't go bad, so it's fine. Anyways, Jimmy, thank you so so much for yeah, uh, for being on the show with us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, and uh, Bill, get well soon. Sorry, I had to take your place for five minutes, but I hope it's only five minutes. No, I'm sure it will be. Cheers. Okay, you well, guys. Thanks. Thanks. Be good. <laughs>